You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. That's another lie. Like <laughs> like not showing up for her for yeah. the podcast. I'm sure she's doing something embarrassing as we speak. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it is for... I mean, that's the odds. Some sort of birthday party on a Tuesday night for a birthday that's on a weekend. Saturday. That's the craziest thing, right? Like... I killed when I, especially when I was her age, I killed for weekend birthdays so I could party oh, on yeah. my actual birthday. Uh, and like weekday birthdays were just like, oh, well, I'll celebrate on the weekend before or after. But she's celebrating on a weekday for a weekend birthday. I don't know. Is there like a family thing on Saturday that she's I like? I, I think Heather was going to do like lasagna dinner. or something for her that she wants. Lasagna and cake. No, there's not really anything planned. Cake and lasagna. I'm not doing lasagna for a little while. It's been requested of from my daughter and her roommate, but yeah. That lasagna we had at Bear Lake, though, was... That's why. That's why they're requesting it. Dang good, though. It's the best, man. I know what I'm doing when it comes to lasagna. Lasagna. Lasagna is... Lasagna. No, lasagna. It's spelled with an S. Who makes it? Me or you? It doesn't matter. (laughs) When I make it, it's lasagna. That's right. That's right. You got nothing on me. There you have it. Uh, it is, uh, so a thing happened yesterday. Yep. A thing. Did we say what episode this was? Um, um, 333. Okay. The triple three. What thing happened yesterday? It's not a prime number, by the way. No. Nope. you were wondering. Two, three, three, three. This, this time last year, where were we? Wah, 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 wah. I was going to say the first thing you did, the wah, wah, wah. That was my like, Hawaiian. Wah, no, wah, that's. Wah, wah. <laughs> We got married. Yeah. So it was our one year anniversary. It was our one year anniversary. Uh, yep. One year anniversary of marriage. Um, in some ways, 13 of it feels together. like it was like we were just there. In some ways, it seems like it was a while ago. But man, that, that trip was so fun, so amazing. And it's like a year. And really? so nonstop. Like we just did oh, it was. all the things. Even when we were like relaxing, it felt like we were doing stuff. Like just hanging out on the beach, we were still doing stuff. It was chicken paradise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. One of my coworkers is actually headed to Oahu tomorrow, so I'm covering for her while she's gone. While she's on the shitty island. <laughs> Those islands are too crowded. Oahu and Maui are way too crowded, I think. Um, Kauai was awesome, because it was not crowded. I mean, really, like, nowhere. Like, the only thing that we did that I would say was crowded was the luau, but... That's a paid event with 5,000 of your closest friends. That's what you yeah, expect. It was not 5,000. But everything but else, like, none of the beaches were too crazy. No, it was like, great. Some of it was for, you know, the time that we did it. Like, we didn't do it over any holidays. Well, that's that's or, well, and this time of year is a great time to visit the islands because the tourist level is down because school has just started. And it's hurricane season. It's, uh, I don't think that has a lot to do with visiting Hawaii. That has to do with the Caribbean. True, true. A lot of that, a lot of travel in the Caribbean, South America. It gets rerouted and stuff this time of year. Really good deals this time of year. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're, you you just have the chance that wherever you're going to go, you don't go there. May not be there. You might spend some days out on sea if there's a storm or brewing. Um, but, uh, no, Hawaii's great this time of year. It is, you know, it is the rainy season. So like the swells on the North shore really start to pick up. I mean, we, we saw how crazy they were. Well, and we were supposed to do that fishing trip, but they said every day we'll call tomorrow. 
we'll let you know how the seas are. We never actually ended up going because because it was just too rough, just too rough. Yeah. I mean, seven to eight foot swells, you don't. But how cool was that? It would come through rain like insane, and then clear up and be gone, and be like this. And it wasn't weather. cold ever. That's just yeah. the, that's island life, man. That's just how that's it works. what we loved about our house is we had that enclosed, screened-in porch, so we could keep the bugs out. We could hang our stuff to dry. It wouldn't get wet. We had a couch and a table and stuff out there. You could just go out there and chill. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a freaking lizards everywhere. That was a awesome. I'm, I'm so glad we all went. Yeah, it was a blast for sure, for sure. So anyway, happy anniversary to us. We went to uh, dinner last night at the melting pot. Um, Bree got me um, the traditional first anniversary gift of uh, butt wipe. Paper. So, paper. paper, and I got him paper that says "Happy First Anniversary." I love the, and it has the little poop emoji. I love the you. shit out of you. <laughs> you could have bought each other stars and gotten the paper. No, you know, it's you, paper anniversary. Not I'll have to show you what he. What yeah, he, no, but the paper. I'll just show you what he got me. It's really cool. It's this book that's folded, and it says 10 heart, ten heart, um, twenty one. Also, in folded book pages. She got me two geek gifts that were not paper. One is a U.S. Men's National Team jersey. Oh, nice. Uh, which, reminder, by the well, way. I mean, I got myself a women's national team jersey, yeah. too. So. Uh, World Cup coming up here in November, so just keep that in <laughs> mind. Uh, but also, she got me an even nerdier shirt, which is a Magic the Gathering t-shirt. <laughs> nice. So, a subtle one, too, that, like... Unless you know Magic the it's Gathering. It's just the you, symbols. It's the symbols. It doesn't say words on it. So you would, you kind of have to know what it is to know what it is. So it's kind of inside baseball. But. Sweet. Uh, and uh, I spent a lot of time this weekend winterizing, uh, starting to uh, cut out all the plants and uh, cleaned out the garden. I left the butternut squash plant. The fucking zucchini plant came back to life magically, but I pulled it out anyway. And then the the Brussels sprouts plants that I had covered in what looked like aphids on the back of the leaves yeah. so i just pulled them yeah that's twice i've tried i've never had luck with them and i don't know if it's a utah i don't know if i don't know i don't know. i might try them again i don't know next year i'm gonna do some serious work like i'm gonna put some some dividers and boxes in so I'll, there's some carrots out there that managed to fucking sneak their way in somehow uh, and so I'm going to pull those and pull all my potatoes. I haven't pulled, but one round. My of potatoes. potatoes have been good. I've harvested about half at this point. We had them for uh, dinner on Sunday. They turned out great, but they're underground. Yeah. And so I'm going to pull all my potatoes. Uh, I think my butternut squash. I'm, I'm hoping that we last a while without a frost and they have time to develop because there's, you know, a couple that are, you know, five or six inches long at this point, but they're not, they're not edible yet. Yeah. I think the three butternut I got was the size of my fist, and they should be the size of my arm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's super late in the season, but squash will continue to develop throughout the fall. So we'll see how they go. I mean, I can't. We'll see. If I get one or two, I'd be pretty ecstatic that they, they came at all. Because that plant took for It wasn't until August that that plant really took off. Yeah. It, it struggled and stayed alive, but it never really actually took off. So, um Anyway, so it's the only thing in the garden now. <laughs> it's got like free rain out there. <laughs> and I took out all the lilies. I don't know if you noticed that out I front. I did. I did. Um, but, uh, the rose bushes will be, uh, next weekend and probably the weekend after that because they, those sticks don't break down real easy. And I ain't about. And it's really hard to push them in because of the thorns. I use a shovel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a like it's in. not the same as like being able to like just smash and, them. And those don't go in the compost. 
No. Uh, they go in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, woody stuff like that. I mean, if you had a much bigger compost where you rotate, yes, but your standard, it's... No. Then I, maybe don't. I'm thinking this next year I'll actually finally get dirt out of it. Yeah, you should. It's been three years. You should You should have a really good six Great. to 12 bottom inches layer. down yeah. the bottom. I, Which should... Hopefully cover most of the garden. Yeah, I would hope so. That's what I'm gonna get, what I'm gonna shoot for. So, um, there's stuff on top, but I didn't really have any grass clippings. That usually adds a ton to it, and I didn't do a whole lot of that this year. So, we just kind of let the. But I do compost my uh, like scraps and stuff mm-hmm. from the from the no, I I do have an issue where I have like a scrap bowl as I prep. And I inadvertently always throw fucking peppers in there, and they're loaded with seeds, and you do not want seeds in your compost. <laughs> and so I end up being like, shit, I have to throw all that. <laughs> we have a, a bin just for eggshells, egg and we've got one for the other stuff. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because the eggshells, I mean, it's fine to mix it. That's not a problem. But we get it full, and then we really crush it down, yeah. and then either crush it or Heather will put it through the blender if she's... Feeling spunky. Feeling spunky. Because it, it works better the, the more you break it down. But eggshells are wonderful. Well, because they're great compost, but you do have to break them down quite yeah. a bit because they take forever because yeah. they're they're bone. Coffee grounds. So you use coffee grounds. They're great for the... So I, I so I don't drink coffee in the summer, like really at all, because it's too hot. Like I can't do the hot stuff in the summer. Uh, but this yesterday morning, I was like, I want coffee this week. So I busted out the the French press. I started the water. I pulled my coffee grinder down, and my coffee fi- grinder's fi- finally given oh. the ghost. It broke. <laughs> like, I went to open the lid, and, like, half the lid, like, shattered inside of it. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's not happening. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 been a long time. Like, I've had that coffee grinder for a while. Like, that was a... I probably had that thing for like eight, nine years. That's pretty so, good. Yeah, it's a, it's given me a, a nice long life for like a $10 coffee grinder. So got to get another one. Got to get a new one. That's okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to talk about uh, some recent events in sports in the state of Utah. Um, University of Utah no longer has a shot at a, at a national title having lost to UCLA in a proper bad fashion. But that doesn't really matter because RSL made the playoffs magically somehow. Barely. I mean, we Squeaking had to win. Squeaking in by the skin of our teeth. We had to win, so at least we controlled Seventh our place. We controlled our own <laughs> destiny. We were able to get in with the win, and we played probably one of the better games that we played all year. It was a it was a full like defensive and offensive game. So, and did I mention that uh, Frank's son's playing on the U of U team? No. On so, football team, the football. Oh team. yeah, yeah, no, no. You you had mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really should find out what position he plays because I don't know, but I know he graduated last year from Juan Diego and was and he was one of the top picks for the U of U's football team. So is he actually playing or is he getting redshirted this year? I haven't followed it close enough to know, but I'd have, I'd have to look. Um, I'll have I'll have to check. You'll have to look. But Same yeah. last name, yeah, yeah, James. Okay. So his name's James LeBaron. Okay. So he's on the team because he keeps, because he does, he's been doing my Matterport stuff for me. And so I keep, I'll send him a message like, I'm at practice. I'll get to it. Or, you know what I mean? So I know he's practicing. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he could be redshirting, meaning that he won't see a game this year because they want to preserve his eligibility. It's possible. But anyway, I'll, anyway, I'll, anyway. I'll, uh, maybe I'll look it up and see. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, RSL's in the playoffs. We play Sunday at 1 o'clock, so that would be the, whatever day that is, the 15th or the 16th? Yes, 15th, 16th. No, is it? It's the 16th. I'm oh. looking at it now. Yeah, 16th. So Sunday the 16th at uh, 1 o'clock, um, you'll be able to find that game on ESPN, I believe. That's not a home game, right? Or no. is it? No. No, we won't have we another home game. We didn't win home, home. Um, advantage. Uh, when you slide into the playoffs in the last playoff spot, <laughs> you don't get home games at all. In fact, there is zero chance we'll have a home game because no matter who we play in the East, they all have a better record than us. We were the last place team amongst the East and the West. It's a uh, coffees for closers kind of thing. Yeah, so we won't have any home games. And uh, because of the positioning, uh, we play the number, the number two seed, uh, Austin oh. FC. And so we may be done pretty quick. Austin FC is... Lights out amazing. They fucking destroyed us last time we played them. And we got to go play in their stadium, which is a freaking awesome stadium. Yeah, they've they've really done it right down there in Austin. Uh, That soccer stadium they made is they didn't spare an expense, man. And it's going to be a spectacle. So if you want to see like a cool soccer game with a good soccer crowd, like that's that's definitely a game I would watch if I were you. And it might be the last one of the season. Uh, for RSL. <laughs> That's what um, I mean. <laughs> there's a, you know, I, I think they gave him like a 21% chance, which uh, I, might be generous. I really love RSL and I'm a diehard fan, but I'm not, I'm, I'm going to the game with a high hope, but not a uh, high expectation. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> at some point you gotta. <laughs> and in these playoffs is when they go to, uh, so they'll go, they'll go to extra time. Extra time so yeah. they'll do a 30 minute extra time, two fifteen so minute with, extra half. So normally with soccer during regular season, there's a tie just in case people don't know. You can tie. Um, as you zero, can zero tie. tie as possible and very boring to watch. Right. But in the playoffs, you actually, Play your two 45 minute halves and then if there's well, a- it depends on the, it depends on the format. So sometimes the playoff series are home and away. And so you do get a home game, but this playoff format, they're single game, uh, games. And so instead of doing a home and away, so in a home and away, that second game can lead to a time when you have, depending on if they wait away go- goals or not, but you can end up basically going into extra time and then going into penalty kicks. And so because these are single games, they will go into extra time if it's tied at the end of 90, uh, and then it'll go into it's like penalty a, kicks. Isn't it like a 10-minute break and then... Two 15-minute halves. Uh-huh, and with like a five-minute break So this is it. Someone wins, someone's done. Yep, mm-hmm. right. Someone's going to win, go on, someone's going to lose. And uh, if they're still tied, then they... Pick go to penalty 10 kicks. people and they take turns. 10 people out of the audience. That'd be the they best. Don't, yeah. They don't pick 10 people. <laughs> Both teams line up. Yeah. The first five of each team get penalty kicks and whoever wins best out of five. And if you don't win best out of five, it's next kicker up. Until, and you can repeat the kickers and the goalkeepers can take kicks. Does that and, come to that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Penalty, so there was, penalty shootouts have, have gone pretty long. There was a year when I very first started dating Chris where we actually watched a game at Brewies, where it went to penalty kicks. Yeah, that was the uh, MLS final in 2013. Crazy. So that was the yeah we went and watched that we were playing that. That was the one where somebody threw a drink at the screen, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, uh, it's neither here nor there, I guess, at this point. So, um, what's this Sim Gill crap? I didn't. I didn't look at these notes. Oh, so Sim Gill's posting. Uh, anybody who's interested, he's just looking for help for his campaign, uh, taking volunteers to help with whatever it is that you do when you're helping with the campaign. I'm sure making phone calls. A lot of door knocking. Flyers and- doing the thing. Uh, so he's, he's posting, 
this is a really great opportunity for any of you who want to get into politics, uh, the younger crowd who want to be part of this. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that we've, well, in fact, we've had people on the show before that actually run campaigns, but mm-hmm. this is how they started. They volunteered for some of these campaigns. So it's, it's a great experience. Learn, learn a little bit if more about If you just maybe want to know what goes on. VoteSim.com. Yep. VoteSim.com. That's what's pretty So I just, I just saw his, I, I've actually seen it a couple times in the last few weeks and where we're coming into that time of year quickly. Cool. And, uh, worth mentioning, uh, the people that do our intro and outro music, Folk Hogan. They're on a, uh, then they're European tour. Now they're in the Netherlands. Yeah. And then I think they hit Germany. I'm glad to see that they were able to get out there because they were supposed to go out there like COVID for like, like battle of the van shit, like when COVID happened and, and yeah. I didn't get to like go. Which spring 2020 is when they were supposed to go. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Like they had the whole trip planned out. Yeah. And well, and then it was just like everybody else. They had a plan and then the first one or two dates got canceled and then the next one or two dates got canceled. And then finally it was just, no, this ain't happening. Yeah. So, which but, is the good thing. They didn't go to Europe. During COVID, it's not very much yeah, fun. So. But yeah, they've been talking about this. For those of you who follow them or listen to them, they have been talking about this since 2019. So I know they're super excited. Uh, they returned to Salt Lake on the 3rd of November, and they'll be playing a show on the 3rd. But I just want to mention they're in their tour, they've been posting a lot of cool pictures on their social media. So if you're a follower of Folk Hogan, check them out. Check out their social medias. And when they come back on the 3rd, enjoy a show. Sorry, I think the cat fucked up the board because it's like the sound's not quite like high little, enough. Do we need to get like a little thing that sits over the top of it? The kitty shield. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I think he fucked up the board though, because like the sound, like we're not talking any, and we know how to talk into these mics, and it was. This is better now. I think I f- fixed it. Uh, it was considerably quieter though on the recording, so. Like, I think if we had a guest today, which, uh, newsflash folks, we don't have a guest today. We did reschedule our guest. They did let us know this wasn't a surprise. No, We no. just didn't have enough time to schedule somebody else. So. Yeah, they let us know like a week ago. But that's okay, because we have uh, some fun content for you. Now I feel like I'm coming in kind of hot. You are kind of loud now. <laughs> coming in hot. The joy of podcasting. The joy of having kitties in your Well, show. I don't. Do sound checks now. Okay, that's better. Yeah. Well, it's because ha- we have it all set. You don't have to touch it. Yeah, I don't ever have to adjust it. I guess I could put like tape on this board to mark levels and stuff for where certain people are. But then there's people like Bree who switch out their mic stand to test a new mic stand and talk sideways I'm, into it. I'm kind of liking it so far. I know that it's probably not the best, but it's, it's my- actually terrible that you're talking into it sideways, to be honest with you. But I hardly ever <laughs> do this anyway. <laughs> It's true, but can you like tilt it and turn it a little so that it's not quite as sideways for you? I'm not sure what you mean by tilt it and turn it. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, like that? No. Like that. I don't know. Uh, it's not quite tight enough to do that. Oh, okay. I may have to put the other mic holder That's on what it. she said. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, sorry, I'm oh, just man. such little boys. Oh, I'm adding to this riveting conversation. It is, it is. I'm sure our audience absolutely loves this conversation. Yeah, Mike, check. Um, yeah, so, uh, we have, uh, some other stuff planned. Um, so, you know, one of the things, what did we end up calling this? Do you remember? 
Uh, um, the last time we did the National Park Review. I'm going to go find out. Hold on. We called it something. It probably wasn't the National Park Review. but that's... Maybe it was. <coughs> so Maybe it was the review. It wasn't even that long ago. I thought it was longer ago. It was about a month ago. ago, wasn't it? 325 was the episode. So, yeah, I mean, it's been like two months. I guess it's been a couple months. <coughs> but. My gosh, you're having some issues over there, dude. You know what? Shh. Just <laughs> shh. I don't even know if we came up with a name for it. But one of the things that we have talked about doing. Uh, over the years, you know, Utah is um, known for its parks. Uh, in particular, its national and state parks. We have gobs and gobs and gobs of them. And ideally, if Both. we weren't so busy, like we'd actually travel to them. But well, and I think we probably will at some point. Like I think that's the the goal for everyone here. Um, but uh, you know. Um, <sighs> We have Instead, lives. we have lives outside of the podcast. Too, yeah, it's tough. I mean, because like Utah, people don't realize how big Utah actually is, right? Like to go down to Zion is it's four hours to get down there. Well, we've talked four about that guy that's doing those relief prints um, where he's printing them um, based on like uh, sea level up or whatever. And he actually posted a TikTok the other day that had, he had done California and he was talking about the ranges and stuff, but he had done Utah too. And he laid it next to it to like show size. And while we're not like, we're not as big as like, it's, it shows how big it is. And then he like threw Maine and he's like, if anybody ever is wondering like the difference in sizes between some of these Western states and the Eastern states, like, here you go. And like Maine not only does he throw it on there and it's like super thin, like it's, it's probably like it's the height of like a dime. Yeah. And you know, and then California is like goes from sea level up and then Utah is like super thick. Like it gave a really good overview of yeah. also what some a lot of people don't realize is when you get up to the spot where Maine's at, like we're, we're used to looking at maps that are like flat. Right. And so they take the curvature. And so Greenland looks fucking humongous and it's not, it's not big at all. Yeah, but Australia a, looks small and it's huge. It's huge. Well, and a place like Maine has gotten stretched on the the look of the map because of the way the So it looks like it's a are. long diagonal and it's not. So, but anyway, and I, I remember when I first saw him create Utah and he did the comparison where he put that like the Appala- Appalachian like like West Virginia or something up against it. And yeah, those mountains are they're they're sizable mountains on the east coast, but they're not the Rockies. Like the entire state was taller than those mountains. Yeah. And then you put our peaks on top of that, and it's just like it's absurd. Because the state itself, like the valley of the state, not even just the Salt Lake Valley, but just like the base level of the state is already like so so thick. Yeah. So while well, the Salt Lake Valley's base is about four thousand feet yeah. above sea level, the, like the base, like the the lowest point. So, yeah. but so that's the thing is when you hear it, you don't realize that you're already four thousand feet above sea level just being down here in the valley. And well, wh- we talked about Alaska, like when you go to Alaska oh. and you're down, you know, you get off the boat and you're there, literally at sea level, looking up. You're like, oh, these mountains that's are that's a ginormous. ten thousand foot peak, and then you're like, oh, that's the same size as like Kings Peak, yeah, but Tempanogos we're Peak we're already starting almost halfway, halfway up. up. Yeah. When we're looking up. So even though it still looks huge here, it doesn't look as big, even though it's the same height. So, and actually that, that does bring us to, uh, kind of two of our parks talking about the height of Utah. Um, so we're going to talk about, um, so we talk about national parks, the state parks, national monuments, state monuments. Uh, and we've picked uh, a couple this week to talk about in detail. Uh, one which is 
way down south, uh, close to Zion. Uh, in fact, if you are making a trip to the parks down south and you're going to be down there for uh, a few days or a week, I would encourage you to include this in your trip to Zion. Um, if you don't make it to Coral Pink Sand Dunes, you should 100% go to Bryce Canyon. Um, so we're going to talk about Bryce Canyon, and then we're going to also talk about one up here closer to Salt Lake, the Tempanovagus uh, Caves National National Monument. Uh, but we'll start down south in Bryce Canyon. And uh, Bryce Canyon, um, I, I will start by describing it. Um, if you've seen 127 days where the guy cuts his arm off because he fell in a slot canyon. That's a true story, by the way. That's a true story from Bryce Canyon. Yeah. Um, so, um, but it, Bryce Canyon really illustrates how incredibly tall uh, the mountains are uh, here in Utah, how high up we are. Um, and so I'll let the historian over here, who I'm sure has a ton of Bryce Canyon yep. history, kind of kind of go. So we'll start with... Um, Bryce Canyon was, uh, well, the person most responsible for Bryce Canyon was a gentleman named J.W. Humphrey, mm-hmm. and he was a U.S. Forest, Super, Super, Forest Supervisor, and he was t- uh, tra- transferred to Panguitch. Uh, so in 1915, he's down there, and part of what he's supposed to do is help map, photograph, and uh, figure out the area that they have. Uh, so... Uh, he's, when he first sees it, it's like, he's saying that they couldn't drag him away from it because of how beautiful it was. He was absolutely amazed. And just so you know, Penguich is probably the closest actual town. Well, yeah. and if, if you're looking at a lot of pictures, um, of Utah, you'll always see like the arch, the delicate arch and things like that. A huge majority of the pictures come from Bryce. Yeah. Especially the Hodos. Uh, yes. Which we'll, we'll we'll talk about yeah. those. Are they hodos? I thought they were hoodoos. Whatever. It's all, How do you say uh, it? It's all you do, hoodoo, the voodoo, the you the do. do. So so in in 1916, he sends a number of the, the photos that he's taken back to Washington D.C. Uh, the Union Pacific Railroad magazines and newspapers all use these to help uh, show show the area. Uh, the railroad comes through, so a lot of what he does is used to help improve the area he's given a 50 dollar appropriation to improve the roads for automobile traffic however in 1916 there's not a whole lot of automobiles no. but he's given a 50 dollar grant to help improve the roads um uh 1920 or 1925 gilbert stanley underwood is hired by the union pacific railroad to design a lodge near sunset point for a place uh it's because it's a stopping point for people to stop as they're going through Utah, uh, down to California and other places. Uh, let's see. February 25th, 1928, Bryce Canyon officially becomes a national park. In 1930, the Zion Mount Carmel Tunnel was completed, and that is the road that ties Bryce to Zion and to Cedar Breaks. So it's what makes it possible that you can travel through all of that. Uh, a couple of quick Bryce Canyon facts. Uh, it covers an area of over th- almost 36,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of 2019, which is when this article came out, it, it, it averaged over two and a half million visitors a year. And I think it's probably back to those levels now. Yeah. Post COVID stuff. Yeah. COVID had dropped down and then it's, it's 
I'm sure it's pick, picked back up again. The lowest elevation in Bryce Canyon is 6,620 feet above sea level. So back to that, that point that <laughs> yeah. we were making when we're the, looking up at our mountains, like we're starting yeah. pretty high up as it is. But if you've ever, like, I'll keep going <clears throat> with your facts, sorry. Okay, no, that's fine. The highest point is 9,115. So like you were saying, it's a 10,000 peak, 10,000 foot peak in Alaska. Well, Bryce Canyon's basically the same thing, other than you're starting at six. You're starting more than halfway up the peak. Square feet. So entrance to Bryce, Fan, uh, Bryce Canyon, $35 a vehicle per week. That number may have changed, but that's probably still pretty close. Um, let's see. Bryce Canyon National Park is named for Ebenezer Bryce, a Mormon settler who built his home near the Bryce Amphitheater. Bryce Canyon is not technically a canyon. It is a series of about a dozen natural amphitheaters eroded into a, a, a scrapement <laughs> of a, a word I can't say plateaus. Sorry. Uh, is it the, is it that P word? Yeah. It's ponsagant. Pons- I, I looked it up because I knew that I was, when I saw what it was, I was like, we're going to wonder how that is. wonder what that is. Ponsagant. Pensagon. Plateau. So not actually a canyon. It's just eroded. The rock is eroded mm-hmm. to make the amazing shape. Uh, Bryce Canyon has some of the darkest night skies in the United States. And we've talked about that. It's a dark sky place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, the the erosion that has created that, a lot of it's formed by ice wedges. Ah. So the, the slot canyons that exist in, in Bryce are formed by um, basically in the wintertime, it is wet. It does get wet, uh, and it freezes because it's really fucking cold, uh, cause it's pretty high up in the mountains still. Um, and basically you get these giant chunks of, of snow and ice, and then they melt a little and they slide in, and then they refreeze, and they melt a little and they slide in, and they refreeze, and as they refreeze, they expand back out and they're creating those gaps, and that's what creates the slots in the slot canyon. And to get to the hoodoos or hodos or I think it's uh-huh. hoodoo, whatever, that's how they're formed. You do the hoodoo. You thing. do the hoodoo. By the continual re- repeated freezing and uh-huh. thawing of water creates those. Yeah. And so if you've never seen them, I mean, you can just Google them. Bryce, just even just Google Bryce They look Canyon. like a little people or little chess pieces or something. Yeah. They're, chess pieces is a good way to They're play. like tall. I mean, they're, they're weird because they're like tall cylindrical-ish structures that have a whole bunch of... um uh, like indentations and stuff in them. They yeah, essentially it's like vases. You know, if you're if you're a vase collector or something, it's they, like a bunch they, of tall, skinny vases. They look like that. stalagmites. They do a little uh, stalagmites. Um, that's those are the ones from the ground up, right? Yep. Like a, a stalagmite in a cave. Only there's no roof above. Them. Yeah, stalagmites because they might reach it to the top. That's and stalactites because right. they're holding holding on tights. tights. That's <laughs> right. And but, then the opening scene of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade takes place down there. Just that opening first little mm-hmm, pan, mm-hmm. Uh, they filmed That's that right. down there near Bryce Canyon. And, I mean, all you have to do is Google Bryce Canyon and look at images, and you will see. I mean, it's all the hoodoos or the, the, the hoodoos or the hodos. Those are the big draw in terms of – because it's, it's a formation that doesn't exist a lot of places in the world, and there's so many of them there. Well, there's crazy ones where it looks like a toothpick with a boulder on it. There's all these like super yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's this is where a lot of those you hear a lot of, about when people decide they're going to push one over. Yeah, don't fucking do that either. Because they're a little more steady than you would expect. Like they look like a gust of wind would blow them over, but they're all still attached, and it is rock. 
Mm-hmm. That's been there for three, thousands of years, three million years. You yeah. know, so it does take an effort to do it. So anybody that does that, they're they're not doing it by accident. That's no, for sure. and they're dicks. So, um, and it, actually, Bryce Canyon is home to quite a bit of wildlife as well. Um, there are uh, a fair number of trees scattered out around the canyon. Mostly pine, pine right? Yeah, pine trees primarily. So there's there's a bit of wildlife there. I did want to talk a little bit about the weather of Bryce Canyon because. People think Southern Utah, Bryce Canyon's not far from Zion. It's a little bit further east and a little bit further north. It's actually probably closer to Cedar City than Zion yeah, is. I think it is. If you look at the on a map, it's pretty much it's like due east of where yeah. like Cedar and so, uh, Param. It gets more well. Wet. The girls went there a lot. Well, and I think we've talked. I talk, think we talked about this when Cassie was down at SUU. The weather in Cedar City because Cedar's high is a lot like Salt Lake. So when it like the temperatures in Salt Lake were oftentimes very similar to what they were in Cedar since this is on the same log- longitude line. Yeah, it's still just as high. I mean, like Jeremy said, the the lowest point is, you know, it's almost 7,000. So what it what feet, it gains so. from being south, it loses from being higher than Salt Lake, and so our climate tends to be very similar temperature wise. Definitely, like again, if you're going to go visit some parks on Southern Utah, um, Bryce Canyon's pretty close to Escalante. I think it's also pretty close. I think Capitol Reef's actually closer to Bryce Canyon as well. Um, Bryce Canyon's kind of central. Like if if you go to Bryce from there, you can hit you can hit all those other because there's not really towns what, yeah, what east S- of it. One of the things that SUU touts is like it's within. I think 45 minutes of 13 yeah, national and state like parks. Yeah, something like that. One of the things when we went there. And, and Cassie, for sure, took advantage of a lot of that. That's one of the things that she misses uh, being in Denver is just not being as close as easy access to but that stuff. weather-wise, so we're starting to get into the fall and the winter months. So we're still on the backside of monsoon season. Uh, October and November are actually two of the three wettest days or three wettest months. Actually, January is pretty wet mm. too. Um, but it, so they get a fair amount of rain. Like in October, they average six and a half inches of rain, give or take. Um, the, you know, usually they get about two and a half inches, uh, in a single like 24 hour period, but which doesn't sound like a lot until you. It's a desert. Factor in those slot canyons. Well, it's also a desert. So one danger with Bryce Canyon is uh, flash floods, just like it is down in Zion. Flash floods do happen a lot. So if you're there this time of year, uh, be prepared for it to start getting chilly. October's average high is around 58. Uh, and the average lows around freezing 32. Uh, it gets much colder though. Uh, it gets to, you know, 15 degrees. It can get like 20, 30 below zero, I think. I think the records in like January and February are like 26 below. So it gets really cold at night. Um, and if there is a storm brewing, and there is lightning, you should not fucking be outdoors there. Yeah. Because you are going to be higher up than most of the shit around you. Um, uh, and you well, will get struck and, by lightning. And not just that, but as we've talked about this with <clears throat> Vegas and their, their tunnel system and stuff, the, as the rain comes down and it doesn't get absorbed into the ground, the further downstream it gets, all of that water starts to accumulate. So when you're thinking, oh, well, two inches, that's, that's not very much. By the time that two inches hits a slot canyon, yeah, it's, it could be feet. Well, and because of the shape of the canyon is like a V. Yeah. All that water just goes right down to the bottom. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just the ground that's, that it's not going down, but like it's, 
it's funneling off the sides of the, the canyon right down into where you would be hiking. And so they, they actually, I think, restrict access during certain seasons and they definitely warn people, uh, during the rainy season, like if, if you're like, you've got to pay attention. If, if there's rain, you need to get out of the slot. But you can go visit in the wintertime. You can't camp there in the winter. Uh, they're, they're, in fact, they're right in the middle of now closing all the campground loops, uh, in the yeah. area. Cause it's, it gets cold and you shouldn't be camping this time of year cause you can get, you can get stuck there. Um, but you can visit in the wintertime, uh, though most of the park is not accessible. They don't, it's not like they exactly plow a lot of paths for you. So, um, the summer, summertime, like the springtime are good times to go. Um, and, um, it's a hiking park. Like it is a park that you should be get. So there's some parks like Yellowstone. Yellowstone is very much drive around park, go look at stuff. Yeah. Um, Zion, uh, Bryce, they are active parks. You should expect to just be hiking. Like you should be walking through there. They're, the, the canyons are, the hikes are unbelievable. They're so beautiful. That, that Bryce Canyon is absolutely breathtakingly spectacular. Did you know that there's a USS Bryce Canyon? I did not know that. Yeah. It's uh a, a, it was a supply and repair ship for the US Pacific Fleet back in let's see from nineteen fifty to nineteen eighty one. Interesting. Did not know that. So we had talked last time we did this on three in three twenty five, we talked about how there was not a lot of wildlife in Coral Pink Sand Dunes. Right. Bryce Canyon is a very different story. Um there's over fifty nine I think over fifty nine, there's fifty nine species of mammals in Bryce Canyon, a hundred and seventy five different species of birds that call it home. Four hundred um, native plant species. Yeah, Eleven different reptiles, there's countless insects. Um, and you're going to find stuff like, obviously like mountain lions, um, you're going to see, um, Oh, the California condor, a bunch of shrews, a bunch of bats, uh, a bunch of different squirrels and rabbits, um, gophers, a Nut bunch hatches. of hatches, mice. You'll see beavers sometimes. Um, porcupines live down there. There's a lot of foxes and coyotes, bears, um, raccoons, weasels, peckers, Mountain lions and bobcats both exist Peckers out there. And beavers. Uh, you'll have elk and mule deer, uh, pronghorn sheep that are out there, and regular sheep. One of the coolest things is, you know, when, when you picture the Alps and stuff like that, they always, you know, have, uh, the bighorn sheep and stuff up on the side of the mountain. Like that happens in our canyons for the, the places that have these, like you can see them hanging out on the cliff side and you're like, you have hooves. How are you up there? <laughs> So, I mean, you'll see a, a bunch of different stuff up there, but again, they're wild animals. They're not really going to like just be hanging out with the people. So, uh, a lot of ground, a lot of ground rodents and stuff is mostly what you'll see. So apparently it has eight marked and maintained hiking trails that can be hiked in less than a day. Yeah. So you could do a day hike, like there's eight different day hikes you could take. There's a couple, and there's a couple of them that are like, you could take kids on. They're, oh, yeah. They're pretty easy. There's some easy hikes. There's some very not easy hikes. I don't think there's any, like, Angel's Landing-style hike there. Um, that's reserved for stupid people at Zion's Park. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Bryce uh, Bryce Canyon, like, a, a lot of times, too, like, I remember we were at a – I think we were at a hotel. 
and and Bree saw it was, some really um, beautiful pictures, and she's like, "What?" It is It was that? in the Cedar City quality, not not quality. The Holiday. Hol- no, it was not the Holiday. Where did where were we? La Quinta. The next La Quinta. To next so to there's a brand new. It's probably not brand new anymore. It's like five or six years old now, but. The La Quinta that's down there is actually really nice and it's pet friendly. And so when we would go down there for Cassie, we would sometimes just take the animals and go down there. But behind their their whole desk, like there's probably a beautiful the size of this. And Bree's like, studio. "What is that?" And she's like, "Oh, I think that's Bryce Canyon." Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just gorgeous. It's it's a really beautiful. So you'll see those a lot of times actually in hotels and stuff, especially down there. It's one of those when you see a picture of Bryce, you'll know it. I mean, it's. There's not a lot of places on earth that look like this. Yeah, it's very, very, very unique. There's a reason it's a national I didn't park. know this either. More than 10 miles of marked but ungroomed ski trails are available too. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Canyon is, it's up past where Brian Head's at because Brian Head, Brian Head is, I think, a bit south of it, but, um. But I mean, like, that's the cool thing about Utah, right? You can go up to Brian Head and ski and go to Bryce Canyon and Probably cross-country ski is my guess, too. But, like, it's amazing. Uh, anything else on Bryce Canyon you got there, Jeremy? We were, Aubrey? Oh, we were talking about the darkness. It says the park has a 7.4 magnitude night sky, making it one of the darkest mm-hmm. in North America. So it's not just a night sky, but it's one of the darkest ones. Again, like I said, there's no towns near Bryce. No. Like, it's a it's a drive, even from uh, Paraguay, Paragon, or Paraguay, or Paraguay. Whatever the fuck name of the town is. <laughs> Even from that town, it's quite a Panguitch? Pan- Panguitch? Yeah. Yeah, Panguitch. Uh, I was thinking, I'm conf- confusing well, Par- Parawan's down Parawan, there, which is yeah. on off of I-15 right next to Cedar. In the same area, basically. But Panguitch, which is a little bit further in east, it's still not that close to Bryce Canyon. And so there's there's no light pollution down there. There's no major towns or anything. I know that colleges do will do astronomy events down there in the Hey, summertime. there's a Bryce Canyon Astronomy Festival, <laughs> typically <you> held <laughs> in June. It attracts thousands of visitors in honor of this astronomy festival. Asteroid 49272 was named after the National Park. Well, and... Uh, I mean, we talk about that with like, uh, um, Capitol Reef. That's also a place that you get mm-hmm. beautiful night sky pictures and it's in the same, roughly the same vicinity, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Um, anyway, so, uh, that's Bryce Canyon. Um, I would encourage you if you've never gone down there to, uh, that's beautiful. uh, you know, if you're going to go down to Cedar or St. George, uh, spend a day to go over to Bryce Canyon and do a hike and, uh, you won't, you won't regret it. Uh, if you want something a little bit closer and you live in the, uh, the Wasatch Front, uh, so Ogden down to Provo, uh, you have the, uh, Timpanogos Cave National Monument, um, which, uh, you know, I didn't realize this. So Timpanogos Cave, we talked a little bit about, uh, um, what's the cave up in, in Idaho? Uh, um, Minnetonka. Minnetonka Cave. So yeah, when we talked about the Minnetonka in August. Yeah, when we went to Bear Lake and talked about that, um, you know, we talked to uh, the guide, and he's like, well, technically, Timpanogos is not a cave. It's caves. Yes. And so, because a cavern, uh, a ca- the difference between a cave and a cavern is a cave doesn't have but one entrance and exit. It's the same the same. You have way to same make way a out. U-turn and come back out. A cavern, you can actually walk in one entrance and out a different place. And I'm looking at this is it's actually three caves. Yeah, Tempan- Hanson Cave, Middle Cave, and Timpanogos Cave. And Timpanogos Cave, they've connected them. 
And so you can actually walk between the, the caves because the, you know, people have connected those caves. They've actually cut into the rock to connect them. Stupidly. Well, do we remember what, what the temperature of Minnetonka cave was? I think it was like 42 or 42 degrees. So it's 46 in temp. temp. It was right around, right around the same temperature. I was just curious. Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, and just like, um, Minnetonka cave, Tempanogos cave exists because it's on a fault. And so that, that's one thing, like most big cave systems exist because they're on fault lines right. or right next to fault lines. And so the earth cracks open, which allows the water to get into the inside and start to wear away yep. at the, 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 the stone inside the mountain. So anyway, Jeremy, yep. uh, please with the history. A couple of historic facts. So Hansen cave is discovered in the fall of 1887 by Martin Hansen, uh, cutting wood. He sees mountain lion tracks. He decides to follow it. It happens to go into a cave, uh, and that's how it was discovered. Can, but okay, can we stop there for a second and talk yes. about this? This dude's chopping wood. Sees mountain lion tracks. Is and like follows it. I'm gonna follow these. Which okay, that's okay. Maybe you want to see where that thing's hanging out. They go into a cave. He goes into the cave. <laughs> that's the spot where I'm like, all right, I know where this lion's hanging out. I'm not fucking going in there. Nope, he followed it. I don't know where she was going. I'm going to go fucking check out where this cougar lives. I got my axe with me. She'll poke it with a stick. I'm going <laughs> to see if I can piss that bitch off. Like, that's not a good idea. Like, that is that is stupid human behavior right there. What's cool is we talked about, like, the cave bacon and the stalactites and the stalagmites and the lace and all of that stuff in the Minnetonka cave. And the Timpanongas cave system that they've created has all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, because it's a cave. So, uh, he creates a crude path to get up to it, charges people 25 cents a tour, uh, and most people break off a chunk of the, of the rock as their souvenir, carve their name on it, and take it with them. Uh, and then a couple of years. We were so fucking bad back then. A couple of years later, the Duke Onyx Mining Company from Chicago came. Uh, they end up taking two train car loads of rock out of the cave, sadly. Uh, but they discover it's not onyx. It was a softer mineral called calcite. Mm-hmm. So they gave Which, up Which, again, a lot of the caves have calcite. And the reason they have calcite is because the water has dripped in and created calcite. And it takes thousands and thousands and millions that's what, of that's years. That's what glows uh, when you... That's the phosphorescence, yeah, that's the calcite, yeah. So the Timpanogos Cave, part of it, two teenage boys, James Goff and Frank Johnson, came to visit the Hansen Cave, uh, and they decided to do a little bit more exploring on their own, and they fumble upon what becomes the Timpanogos Cave. Um, they decide that they want to claim it as a mining claim, because they don't want other people to, to, to be able to go into it, so they try to file a mining claim on it, but they've never actually mined anything. Uh, and then they move away. Some other friends that they knew heard of the rumor. They went back out. They found it again. Uh, and so it was a couple of years after the Hansen Cave that the Timpanogos Cave uh, became open. So October of 1921, two deer hunters stum- are up near the Hansen Cave. Uh, they spot another opening between the the other existing entrances and... And that's how they discover the middle cave. Middle cave. 
Um, and this is, this is where it gets interesting is so that the middle cave was discovered in 21. And so this is a period of like, what, 40 years, roughly yeah, like 30, 30 years. Chance, and they don't give a date on Timpanogos. They just say it was a yeah. few years. So after 1887 the, to 1921. And basically like 1921, these guys discover this cave and the local community is like, okay, we've got something here that's special that we don't want people to fuck up any more than they already have. And the people of the area actually petitioned then President Harding to get it Maybe designated. we need to get this made yeah. a national so monument people aren't or something. breaking up chunks and signing yeah. the name on it. So, Which is interesting because a lot of like parks, I mean, there's been a lot, you know, Bears Ears and Escalantes here. Like, there's been a lot of people bitching because the government stepped in and said, hey, we're protecting this land. You know, if we weren't such dickheads, they wouldn't have to. But back then, they were like, hey, uh, we need to protect this land. Can you guys do yeah. that for us? That was a big thing. So when they discovered the cave, kind of an interesting fact, they wanted to f- see how back, how far back the, the cave went. So they brought 60 feet of rope uh, and realized that was not enough. So they come back again, and they end up um, needing 110 feet of, of rope to get down to the bottom of it in, oh, the, in, the, in the center of yeah. the, the middle cave. So it's 110 feet deep, which is amazing. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah, that cave system is really cool. That's so, where that's where Chris got his shin splint and hurt his leg for like months. After. So it was in 1922. Uh, thousands of people are, are entering the caves. That is when they figured out how to connect them and opened them up. Although on one hand, kind of cool, still not cool because they broke through and it yeah. destroyed parts of the cave so that they could connect them. But they are all connected. Um, as you were saying, Warren G. Harding in the Antiquities Act of 1906 set the cave aside because of its unusual scientific interest and importance. And in 1944 is when it actually uh, was turned over to the National Park Service and they took responsibility and care of the cave. Uh, and it's, I mean, the cave system, um, if you've never been, you should go. Um, I think, is it open year round? I can't remember. No, I don't they think so. It, they close it in October, right? Because they get Towards, tons of snow up there. Yeah, so. it's hard to get up there once it snows. That's right. And they just finished, actually, um, they just finished a couple of years ago, a whole new area for parking and a road yeah. going up there because it was really kind of shitty for a while. It was sketchy. So they, they, they just finished all that. So you probably won't actually be able to go this year. You'll have to wait until next year. Um, but it's, it's a hike up and a hike down. Oh. 1915 was when the second cave was discovered. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, so you you actually go up kind of a zigzaggy trail on the way up. So you drive up American Fork Canyon Uh for like 10 minutes, maybe. (laughs) It's not very very far. far. Uh, And then you'll see it. Like, you can't miss it. And when you get out, uh, you'll go up and then you you go up to because you have to have tickets to go through the caves. Like, they they require you. You can do like the hike up, but then you would have to come back down without going through the cave. And it's a, it's hike is a loose term. Yeah, it's, it's all paved. It's paved, but it's, it's fairly steep. steep. It's really steep. It's like, that's it's, why it zigzags and doesn't go straight up. Like yeah. there's little benches along the way. There's even a, like a bathroom. Place. I want to say the trail up is like over a mile long. Yeah, it's oh. over a mile. And it's like straight up. Like the grade is intense. Um, and the grade was fine, like going up and there's like great lookout points and stuff. And when you get to the top, it's great to to overlook, you know, American Fork Canyon. There's some really beautiful vistas, um, but it's a hike up to get in the cave. Where whereas Minnetonka Cave, 
there's no hike. It's like a parking lot and, and then like you, 200 feet. Yeah, and, you just yeah. you walk along like a little plank thing along the side of the mountain to get to the, like the landing and the then entrance area. And then you're there. there. But Tempanogos is very different. You have to hike way up. And when you get out of the cave, you have to hike back down the same path. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, for me, the hike down, like Bree said, I jacked up my, my, uh, my it's, legs. It's pretty steep. Like if you're, if you're not careful because it's it's misleading because it's paved like you can really mess i think up it's your... worse because it's paved because your feet like there's no give there's like, no the give dirt don't try to do it in flip-flops oh god no You'll you shouldn't wear flip-flops up. anyway because like we said the cave's cold inside right? yeah it's only 46 degrees inside so it does so i knew it had the underground pool but it has 30 underground pools mm-hmm. spread throughout and there's it. there's stuff in it like yeah. the, there's there's uh, wildlife and like bacteria and stuff that they study in those pools, so they are like Minnetonka Cave. They they don't they don't do a ton of scientific stuff in. I remember in Temp, like they actually do a fair amount of research in Timpanogos Cave, and they have some. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have some faster glow, growing stuff in Timpanogos Cave than right. they do in Minnetonka Cave. Well, it's a they, much more active cave. They have. Caves, cave spiders, centipedes, crickets, bats, um, and like you said, in those in those pools, there's all kinds of life in those pools. That I know students at the University of Utah go out there and do studies on the wildlife, uh, and it may not be wildlife like you think it, but the stuff growing in those pools. I mean, that's that's the stuff of early creation going on in there. Well, yeah. and, and we talked about the, the bat disease, the white nose syndrome. Mm-hmm. So Tim doesn't have that either. So, uh, they're um, really strict about that too. So the actual tour that you go through is about a half a mile's worth. Yeah. And it's cool. It's really cool. I, I, I really enjoyed, um, when we went through Tim a couple of years ago. Um, it's just a, Caves are cool. I'm not the kind of guy that like wants to crawl into like small confined but spaces. One king isn't that what that's where you. See. But but these caves aren't that man. These caves are so freaking wide open and cavernous. That's what's really crazy about them. Like there are plenty of other caves that get open and, and cavernous, but these are just that way naturally. Like they just were just so wide open. And the natural stalactites and stalagmites and the other. Gross. They are so cool to see. If you haven't seen one in real life, I mean, it, it, it's, it's picturesque. It's almost hard to believe you're standing there looking at it, but it is so amazing. Um, yeah, it's definitely a mile and a half. Three highly decorated limestone caves sit at the top of a strenuous mile and a half trail. <laughs> oh, it is half, strongly go. recommended that you carry at least one liter of water per person for the hike to the caves as temperatures can reach over 100 degrees Fahrenheit on the cave trail. There's also a bunch of really cool, like like you said, there's the lake that's inside of there. Um, there's a bunch of, of really cool formations. Um, uh, like they have, uh, that, that um, Minnetonka doesn't have, like the frostwork stuff. Yeah. Because um, they, they have uh, Argonite. Uh, I think that's right. Aragonite or Argonite. Um, it's a type of calcite, but it's like a very crystalline structure. And so it's really pretty. And it's like, um, it almost looks like, uh, sea anemones at points. It's really, really beautiful stuff. And unlike Minnetonka, they have a, a true actual visitor center that's open. You can go and see pictures and talk to people and, 
whatever. So they also have the <clears throat> helictites. Am I saying that right? Helictites, helictites that actually look like glass. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It looks like about quarter inch beads of glass hanging down from the ceiling. And they've got some really cool fossils that you can see and. Uh, it, it's, it is a cool cave for sure. And, you know, it's interesting because people are claustrophobic, worry about caves. And I don't know with like, with Timpanogos, for example, I don't know that that would be something that you would pro, I mean, you might get really claustrophobic in there. I don't know. I'm not I know in Manitoba that I didn't feel claustrophobic anywhere. Cause no, it's, it's so open in those caves and, and this one's not any different. Like it's very similar. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really like Timpanogos cave. It only took, I think, start to finish from the time we got there to the time we went through the cave and came back down. It was maybe three hours. Yeah. Uh, total. The cave tour itself. I mean, it's, it's fairly long. Cave tour itself. No, I think we were there, might have been there a little bit longer than that. Cause I think it's like an hour and a half cave tour. Um, but you do have to sign up and you have to sign up for times and they take you through in groups. But you so. can order your tickets online up to 30 days in advance. Um, and I, there are other trails around there. I recommend going Dang. early. Um, if you go later in the day, parking's a bitch. You're probably going to have to hike up the road. Yeah. Um, but if you go earlier in the day. Um, and if you're going in the heat of the summer again. Also, temperatures, temperatures the get same. hot outside. Temperatures the same in the cave no matter what temperature it <laughs> right. is outside. But when you're hiking up and hiking yeah. back down, it's really hot. It can be. It could be really hot. Any other cool facts, Jeremy? No, I think that's about it. I mean, I mean, I know I'm saying that's about it, but it really is amazing. Uh, definitely look it up. Google it. Take a look at. I mean, it's got some amazing growths and inside. It's definitely worth going to. Um, the hike is something to be aware of, but it, it's definitely worth going to. Yeah, not very expensive either. Do you get? Do you guys look up the uh, the tour costs? Oh, I had it here just a second ago. Hold on. I don't remember. Oh, here we go. I'll look it up. Uh, okay. 12 and older is uh, 12 bucks for your cave tour fee. That's so. about what we paid for Minnetonka, right in that, somewhere in that range. And they also do some special tours, like they have an intro to caving tour that's a little bit more expensive, that talks a little bit more about, like, maybe the more extreme caving type stuff that you can do. Um, but uh, all in all, I would I would highly recommend it. It's, it's, it'd be a fun date. By the way, because um, yeah, you know, people think of dates as like movies and dinner. This is a, a much more fun, active date. Um, I would encourage this kind of date. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully, you guys. Uh, hopefully, you guys should like these deeper dives uh, into our our national and state parks. Um, I know I like them. We um, like them. I think they uh, they make for interesting conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, they're good, they're good filler, but not really. Cause it's something we've always wanted to kind of do anyway. So it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good way to, to handle it when, when we have a guest that can't make it that we've scheduled because usually they're not able to, to tell us until it's too late to fill the space. Yeah. And well, because and we don't like to duplicate doing duplicate. this. The vast majority of people talk about these is yeah, like I the mean, most these are, unique. It's a part of Utah. It's we have I, what I wonder if we have the most. What state has the most state, state. parks? We're no, up national there. parks. I think it's probably California. 
maybe Montana. There's some bigger states. Yeah, California. Um, let me see. What's the, uh, so California has nine. Alaska has eight. And then we have the next with five national parks. That's just the parks. So we have national parks. We have Zion. So, so Tipanogos is a national yeah. monument, not a national park. We have Zion. We have Bryce. Um, uh, I don't remember. Is Arches? <laughs> Uh, is Ar- that our state? Arches and Canyonlands are both national parks, I think, as well. So let's go down to Utah, and I'll tell you. So the actual national parks are Arches, Bryce Canyon, Canyonlands, Capitol Reef, and Zion. So those are the parks. And really, the big designation there is the amount of land that they consume. Yeah, because, like I said, Timpanogos is a monument. It's a national monument, um, but we have a bunch of those, those too. Those parks are all a minimum of 30,000. Yeah. And we have a bunch of, we have a bunch of state parks and state monuments as well. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. So California, clearly California has got a bunch because it's so fucking big and there's more hippies there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hawaii just has two. Uh, which is the... It doesn't surprise me, though, because, I mean, they're islands. There's not yeah. a lot of space. Volcanoes and then Haleakala, which is, uh, um, I think, the... Isn't that the canyon? I don't remember where it is. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, yeah, Utah's the, I guess, number three with five. So Which is, I mean, we're not one of the top largest states or anything. No. Especially not people-wise, so... I mean, like, like Texas, Alaska, California, Montana... Those are all states that yeah, are Yeah, Montana's only us. got two and only only a little bit of one of them. So I don't even really count. Yeah, Montana is yeah. It's got Glacier and Yellowstone. I don't really count Yellowstone because it's mostly Wyoming. Yep. Same thing with the Idaho. Per, the only part of Wyoming that's pretty. They credit they credit Idaho with uh yeah, Yellowstone. Wyoming, Idaho and Montana all have parts of Yellowstone. But the vast majority if you look at it, it's all Wyoming. Um there's a bigger chunk in Montana than there is in Idaho, that's for damn sure. Uh, but yeah, I didn't even think about that. Alaska's got tons of, uh, of, uh, uh national parks, um, uh, because they were able to protect that land, um, cause no one lives there. <laughs> and it's they, kind of inhospitable. St- I, I think they still pay people to live there. Uh, in some parts of it, probably. You're right. Um, and there's a bunch of states that don't have national parks. Um, Maine has one apparently, but, uh, all the states around it don't. <laughs> so <laughs> that's because that's where people landed and they just destroyed anything and everything. Yeah. I mean, people have been there for a long time, so. Also, uh, that, that swath of states from between Texas and South Dakota, you know, Oklahoma, Kansas, and North, uh, and, uh, Nebraska, nothing there. Tornadoes ruined anything that might have been there. Nothing there. Wiped no, off the map. <laughs> no national parks. Uh, it's just this big spot amongst the western states that has nothing. Tornadoes going and on. corn. <laughs> it's just what plains. Kind of, what man. kind of national parks do like Oregon and, and, uh, Washington have? Bullshit. Um, I no. feel like they might have something because yeah they do. So Crater Lake up in Oregon, um, which is on the you know I think it's part of Mount St Helens or something. Uh, Washington actually has a few because they have Mount Rainier, they have um, the Cascades, and then I think uh, Olymp- yeah Olympic is the other one. Yeah. Uh, so they have quite a few up in Washington because they have all those beautiful mountains. Yeah. So see the west the west side of the country just. It's, it's, it's bigger and it's more pretty. It was taken Prettier. by, it was taken by the colonizers much later. So it was a little bit more open and, and free in terms of land. 
And so people came out and they got to plant their flag and take the land. And then whatever was left, they're like, oh, shit, we got to stop people from doing that. Well, what's funny is somebody pointed this out. It looks like our state was actually populated from west to east instead of from east to west because all of the states on the east coast are so small. And it looks like, you know, when you're trying to make a poster and you start out with your great big letters, you know, <laughs> for sale and your, you know, your F is really big and your O and your R. And then you're like, oh, I'm running out of room. And so then your S and your A start to get small. And by the time you get to the L and the E, you know, you, you kind of dwindle Still out. And that's kind of what it looks like as you, as you go across our, our country. It looks like people started out on the left hand side, like we're, we have all this room and we're going to draw these states really big. And then they like got to the end and we're like, here's Rhode Island. <laughs> or it was the other way around, like when you're cutting confetti. You make it all small, and after a while, you're like, ah, uh-uh, and it's just huge pieces. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing to keep in mind, and people forget about this, like, as we moved west, while the west was untamed, there was also a reason that not a lot of people settled in the west. And when I say west, I mean west of the Mississippi, essentially. Yes. Uh, there's a giant fucking desert in this country that people don't really consider. So basically from southern California all the way through, basically until you get like partway through those states I talked about, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, that's desert. Like if you look at it on a, like a geographical map, geographical map, fuck. <laughs> but if you look at it on a, on a map that is, is, uh, you know, has the, a relief, a relief. Yes. Uh, you'll, you'll actually see like there's a big ass fucking desert that we're in the middle of. And it all used, like, to, it all used to belong to Mexico. Well, and when you, when you think about it as, as you're traveling, right? Like if you look out and you just, you're seeing nothing like you're in, think about it. You're in Kansas. You're like, this just goes on forever. We've got like, so population we're never going to get to the end population centers end up being close to water and there's not a lot of water in the desert uh so the the place where you see civilization is along the colorado river system for example or the columbia river system that's where you see all your people out west and so there's big swaths of land that just don't have well and then you hit the rockies and you're like do i need to climb over this is there a way to get around we made a game called oregon trail all about that (laughs) Well, hopefully you guys like this stuff. Um, I think we'll we'll keep doing these uh, as we as time avails itself, and we'll have a whole. Series. And maybe I'll actually get to visit some of them. I've been to Timpanogos Caves, but uh, I don't think I've been to any of the others. You've been to Zion. Yeah, sort of. We literally went to Zion. Yeah, but we didn't like hike anything in yes, Zion. Yes, we did. We did? Yes. Yes, we did hike. Do not recall. We went on a long hike in Zion. We went into the Emerald Pools. <gasps> Oh, Where it's like incredibly right. cool compared to the rest of the hiking trail that you're on. It was a really nice place to have I lunch. I forgot about that. Uh, so yeah. Um, and we. So I've been to two. Drove the bus up and looked at all the crazy fuckers climbing the rock walls. Like those people are crazy. Crazy. Anyway, hopefully you liked it. Please share the episode. Uh, that's what helps us more than anything. Uh, you can visit us out on social media at TNU Podcast or you can go to our website, thenewutah.com or hotdog-water.com, still out there, still open, not giving that domain up now. Uh, and uh, the lovely Bree has decided to take it upon herself to start um, reintroducing, like a blog. reintroducing a blog Which of sorts. Because, I don't know, we all are busy. and Well, and I, I mean, I like the idea that we have a website that people can go to and see what we've been talking about that's an easy, condensed way to do it. So my plan is to kind of get that underway and then maybe I'll start playing with some of the other tabs that we used to be able to do and, and see if we can keep up on it. But first off is to try to and get the blog. Currency. Yeah, try and keep the blogs up to date. They're going to be shorter, 
more concise, but you'll, you'll see some pictures. There'll be links there that you can use so that when we talk about some of this stuff, um, and we say like, there's a link, you can go there, you can find the link. Um, and it's searchable. Um, if we talk about other episodes that we've had, you can go back through and really there's only maybe like what, three, four months of podcast that there's not really anything. It's not even that long. So, So, um, It'll be searchable as we refer to prior episodes that you can go back and look back through, listen to, refer to. So hopefully, hopefully you guys all like that. Um. Oh, we should do a card. Oh, yeah, we should do a card. I'm just taking over Julia's gig because she quit. Since it is October. Oh, there's one more purple one. I want that no, one. No, we're not doing the purple one. <gasps> you suck. No purple one. <laughs> I can't do a pink one. That's stupid. That's why we don't have any fucking purple ones left. Don't fucking force it. Allow that shit to come to you. See? Don't force it. That's where we're going to leave you guys. Go visit a national park. 